I have some exciting news. I'm running a series of supercharged workshops, some in person and some online, designed to help you focus on the things that will fast track you towards your vision of success in 2023 and get you working on the things that will have the biggest impact on creating the business and the lifestyle you desire. And there's something really special and dynamic about being in the room, in person together, working on your business. So let me tell you what the workshop will cover. A comprehensive business and lifestyle health check. You'll review the core pillars of your business and the areas of life that interplay to form your ideal work-life blend. With my help, we're going to assess the top three wins for 2022 and identify the top three areas of improvement for 2023. We're going to reflect on the year that was, identify experiences that maybe caused you stress and challenges and find the lessons in those experiences and let them go. We're also going to drill down on what needs to be done in 2023 to help you future-proof yourself and your business to be happier, healthier, and in harmony with your inner knowing, passion, and purpose. And through this process, you'll draw focus on the things that will help you to grow your business in the direction of your vision, and you'll learn the importance of setting new boundaries for 2023. And finally, you're going to finish with setting your intention for 2023 with crystal clear goals and a one-page plan. So if you'd like to check out the locations of where I'll be holding the in-person workshops, head to donnaham.com forward slash events. And if you can't make it in person, then I'm holding a virtual online workshop too, which can be accessed from anywhere. So come join me, donnaham.com forward slash events. There you'll find the information about all the upcoming events. My guest on the podcast today is Jane Gretsch, an empowering leader in her industry. Jane's businesses thrive from the power of positive culture by design. Working with her vision, her team is a united and determined force. By embracing and enjoying challenges and celebrating success through having fun, her team are not only personally and professionally fulfilled, but they are also her business's greatest strength. Her teams have recently won the 2021 Award for Best Team Culture in the Australian National What's On For Kids Awards. Jane is a regular speaker and thought leader on the topics of dance education, entrepreneurship, culture and leadership. Today, we're digging into the topic of leadership, both team leadership and self-leadership. So even if you don't have a team, I'd recommend listening because there is so much that you will be able to apply to your business and to yourself. Hello, I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses. I've learned the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels. 
because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too, because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. So I'm really pleased to welcome the fabulous Jane Gretsch as my host on the podcast today. Welcome, Jane. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to speak to you about all things leadership. It's just what I think about when I think about Jane Gretsch. But (laughs) I also would love for you to introduce yourself. I have given you a bit of a formal bio, but it's always more fun to hear it from the person themselves. (laughs) So as a fellow mum in business, would you tell me a little bit more about you and your business journey? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And I mean, my business journey has been going for 16 years. I've had a dance studio for 16, almost 17 years, and my oldest child is 16, almost 17. Not recommended potentially to go (laughs) to things like that at the same time, but life kind of sometimes unfolds in ways we wouldn't plan. And part of me is a planner and part of me is just like, all right, this is the opportunity that was provided at that time. Mm. And both of those things I wanted so desperately, Donna. I wanted to be a mum so desperately and I wanted to be a dance studio owner so desperately as well. Mm. So, yep, just kept saying yes to things. Yeah, so I've got my dance studio. I've also written a program about leadership for other dance studios to use and that's my Dance Step program. And I've had that since 2017, which is pretty, you know, a lot longer than most people realise but because it felt really scary kind of when I'd been working in my own business and then going, I know this works for me. It's a student leadership program. No, it works for me, but it was kind of felt very vulnerable at Mm. the time to to put that out to others. And then I do work, like you said, leadership is, is the thing that really lights me up. And so whenever I can work in and around leadership, then I will get that, grasp that opportunity. So I do work with dance studio owners, mm. both on a one-on-one uh, sense, and we do some some coaching, and then I have a mentor program as well. So, and that really is around, not, not particularly around having a dance studio, although my one-on-one clients, we tend to cover all bases, but really about leadership and management. So if you're wanting to really grow quickly and get all the marketing hacks and and how to tweak your Instagram reels, I'm so not the girl, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, my niche is if you get the people right and you get the management right of, of the paper, get the people on the paper right, mm. leadership being the people, management being the paper, then you set yourself up really well. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I wanted you to be on the podcast is because you are so niched in that area of leadership and I've certainly learned a lot from you in the time that I've known you as well. But I know that not everyone listening will have a team necessarily. A lot of solopreneurs tune into the podcast. But the other side of leadership is self-leadership. I think a lot of people think about leadership as being the leader of a team, but there's such a important part of being a business owner is that self-leadership because you've really got to be 
in, you know, it's that integrity and in showing up when no one's watching and leading yourself in the way that you want other people to, I guess, also yeah. follow in that same respect. You know, self-leadership always precedes leading others, always, mm. always. Mm. And I think early on in my leadership journey, and this is now going back 20 years, I was promoted into a leadership position in a corporate entity. And I really did think leadership was about others. Mm. That was to a point, yes, of course it is, but about exciting and lighting the fire in others. And, and I love that. That's a really big part of what kind of gets me going in the morning is like, yeah, seeing potential in others, helping others rise. But the hardest person you'll ever lead is the one that looks you in the mirror each morning. And so mm. you do have to start there. And it kind of can border into self-care and self-compassion. It is a really, I have a very holistic view on leadership, just mm. as I do teaching as well. So mm -hmm. we need to look at the whole self, the yes, whole person. I agree. When we're leading others, we need to look at them as a human, but we also need to give ourselves that same grace. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So then when I was going to, first of all, dig into teams, but since we're already kind of in the space yeah. of self-leadership already, and you mentioned self-care because I think that as solopreneurs or when we're leading a team, at times it can feel pretty lonely, can't it, as a business sure owner? And mm. I know that other people have expressed this to me. It's certainly been my journey as well. There can be some really great moments to celebrate and then it can feel like sometimes there's no one to celebrate with that really mm -hmm. gets it, you know, and that can be really challenging. And then there's other times where the responsibility can feel so heavy yeah, and to continue to show up in the arena each and every day as the face of the business in doing what you're doing, not lose yourself in the process mm. of that too, because I think that's another trap that sometimes happens. What inner tools or what mindset, self-care habits, those kinds of things have you found that have really helped you in your journey? I think the thing is like to have a whole toolbox, to have a whole toolbox of things because I've now been a lead in the leadership space for 20 years. And so what served me then is not serving me now. My responsibilities mm. have changed as a beginning leader. I could put everything into my work, absolutely everything, because I didn't have a romantic relationship to have to kind of put time into or want to put time into. Mm. It sound like a chore. <laughs> I, I wasn't a parent. I didn't even have my own business. You know, I was working for somebody else. And so I did a lot of reading at the time and actually self-care was pretty low. I, had, I was young, mm. I had lots of energy. But then as my journey and as, as I've got older, I've gone, oh, I need, I need to do a little bit more. For me, it's really about having time to reflect. Mm. That's, and I know sometimes you can know the things and still ignore them. So I know I need to not have a, a diary that's chock-a-block full but sometimes that's just how it is. And, and mm. I start to see or feel the red flags showing up. And even though I know what to do to sort myself out, I, I don't allow it. Mm. And that's what I'm talking about, like that self-care and self-compassion. I think we need to blur those two together because self-care, I don't know, to me it still sounds like bubble baths and face Yeah, and We all know it's, it's not, not, but yeah. that's where it started. It's mm -hmm. like one of those Instagram reels, you know, where where it started and how it's going type mm. thing. And that's where I think self-compassion is really, it is a kind word um, in that give yourself some grace. How are you speaking to yourself? And so that's another one of my inner tools is to go, 
how are you speaking to yourself here? Mm. Are you speaking to yourself like you would one of your team members when you are feeling really tired and you're like, oh, but no, I've got to keep doing this and I've got this and that and the other. No, take the dog for a walk, right? Mm. Take the dog for a walk. You're going to feel better for it. But the problem is we can spiral down and so then like just getting out and taking the dog for a walk just feels like one more thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for me, I mean, I'm a bit of an ambivert. I kind of sit on the fence there. I can be extroverted. You know, I'm a teacher by trade. It's what we do. It's it's a performance. But really, if we were to do a personality test, I do come up as an introvert. So it is really important for me to find those times of solitude. And Mm. whether that's just reading a book or going for a walk, getting out in nature, always feel better for that it's just finding your thing and then also realizing yep it might change over time yeah I think as you I've heard you speak so many times and I think Mm. that it actually was a seed that was planted in my mind by you is that the power of the pause in taking that Mm. moment and when I first met you life was quite different to what it is now for me in my business journey and things felt, everything felt urgent. Yes. Everything felt quite heavy. And to wrap my head around the idea of actually stopping and pausing and stepping away from my business was like, well, I can't because if I do that now, everything's going to unravel. And that mm. was another, mm. uh, I guess, moment of realization for me that I need to reshape my business in the way that mm. it was at that point in time. But that power of the pause, and I remember you saying to me, but it doesn't have to be every day. It can just be once a month for mm. now. And mm. then as you reshape your business and you know, get the systems and processes in place and get more team members on to help you, you can then start to go, well, I'm going to do this every week. And then it can become like a 10-minute daily habit that you put into yeah. your day just to pause, to write yeah. some things in a journal, to take a cup and of tea. Yeah, and it doesn't even need to be a thing mm. like an event it really is more a mindset to be honest you know I taking you back to when you said oh I can't stop Mm. because everything will unravel but then we go but if I don't stop I'm going to unravel exactly you know and so there are little mini pauses that you can put throughout your day for me when I change location that to me is a little mini pause so Mm. quite often I will work in my home office and then I will go and get my children from school and then I will later and bring them home, yada, yada, yada. Then I will go into the studio. So each of those changes of location, I've got a choice. I can work up till the minute, you know, I've got to go and get the kids at three o'clock, whatever it is, and it takes mm-hmm. seven minutes. So 2.53, I fly out the door. Or I can take 10 minutes, close down my computer, take a moment, try mm-hmm. and just puts a little bit of separation in and then the same when I'm finished cooking dinner I go in to teach my seniors classical ballet I can take a moment Mm. even if it means just sitting in the car park at work for five minutes just taking a moment right Mm. what and being able to be intentional about where I've been and where I'm going to go and so if you can infiltrate your day with daily like little mini moments as yeah. well as the cups of tea or the walks or the the monthly reset, you know, where you might buy yourself coffee and cake or the long weekend away. Those are all great as well. But I think that mindset about just taking the moment. And I also think we need to touch on the fact that as leaders, 
often, whether we've got a big team or whether it's just me, myself and I, and we're kind of trying to get our our small business really going, is that we tend to be people that are very task orientated, Mm -hmm. right? We get stuff done. We do sure do. We got, yeah. (laughs) And so this idea of taking a moment actually disrupts what we believe to be true, which is that productivity Mm. is is gold. And we, you know, again, we know, we know we're like, oh, we're not robots. We know we're not robots, but we do start to feel better if we've got this big list and we tick it all off and we're like, look how productive I've been. Mm. So if you need to put pause on your list, do it. That's okay. And I wish it was as easy as that because, I mean, I can still go for a walk in the middle of the day knowing it's the best thing for me, knowing it's the best thing for my team, my business, and still feel a bit like, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're just going to have to, we just have to work through it, breathe through it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think though, the more that you do it, the less you feel that, you know, it just feels like, well, it's part of my day. It's part of what I do in setting myself up for success. So yeah, I deserve Exactly. I deserve to look after myself. And I, if you do have to reframe it for whatever reason, then do it for others. Mm -hmm. Because even though we've riffed on self-leadership, people are watching and you set the standard. We know this as leaders, we know we set the standard, but if I am working 24 seven, then without even saying it, that's what I'm really suggesting to mm. my my team. That's what I want us to do here. Now, I'm not, I've never gone, oh, yeah, they should all work as hard as me. I'm the business owner. I get it. But it's these messaging. It's not what we say. Mm. You know, it's what people see. Mm. And so we do need to, and, you know, mothers as well. Yeah, we I was need- about to say it, it also yeah goes down to our children. They watch monkey see, monkey do. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's where I felt really blessed because the three kind of corners of the work that I do, you know, being a mother, being a leader and being a teacher, they were all very, I think, very similar roles. But in all of those, people are watching. And Mm -hmm. so I need to lead myself. So as an act of leadership to others. Yeah. So if let's switch into team leadership for a moment, when venturing into the waters of employing a team for the first time, what would you say to a person who's, you know, new to doing this, the most important things that you can do to prepare your business and to prepare yourself as the leader? I know that's a pretty big question, but. Mm. Yeah, it is. But I think the most important thing is not to just find people that are the same as you, which is kind of ten, like what we tend to do because it feels really comfortable. Mm. But the first thing you need to do before expanding, you know, into leadership of a team is, well, know what your strengths are, but also know what your weaknesses are. And if you can hire, if you're in a position where you can hire somebody that will actually have their strengths are your weaknesses Mm. and fantastic we need people to be able to do the things that we can't do it'll actually in the end be easier for you to manage and work together because Mm. there won't kind of be this clash of egos and this is where sometimes people struggle particularly if they've been doing things themselves for a long time it feels good 
right? It feels good to be that person. Yeah. If you've, if you're in a, a business and it's all it's it's all centered around you, you're almost like this little mini celebrity. And um, I know I know a lot of people have expressed this to me. It's like, oh, but what if they like such and such better, right? So we're, we're mm. now working with our ego. So you just need to know that you've got a little bit of magic within you that nobody else can replicate Mm -hmm. and this your next person and the next person whoever also has that within them we are all uniquely and wonderfully made so let's tap into that but you know don't feel so focused on the tasks that this person's going to be doing really focus on the kind of person Mm -hmm. that that they are again that goes back to that holistic view but I can teach you tasks yes I can teach you how to respond to my dance step email it's not hard I can teach you how to reconcile zero whatever the task is Mm. let's go a little bit further than that when you're recruiting in that first stage and get to know that person's strengths get them to do a personality test, get them to do a strength finding test, mm. um, you know, lots of different kind of things like that where you, you're interested in, well, how's this person going to work with me and how am I going to work with them? Um, and I think it also needs to be said that, again, this is going to loop back to, to looking in the mirror. How are you going to feel when this person's really competent? And I know that sounds hilarious because you'll be like, oh, well, it'll be fabulous. It'll be fabulous. We'll be getting, but it doesn't always work like that. It, it it might challenge your ego depending on how long you know you've been operating by yourself. For. Mm. So just just take a moment to to realize that there's going to be little moment, you know, little little I guess experiences that you might go, oh, I wasn't quite ready for that. Mm. Yeah, um, that self awareness. Yeah, and reflection yeah, and- on that. A reflection on it that's right and it it's not it doesn't mean you're bad or you're wrong it probably just means you're human yeah and then on the other side of the coin you might just be like this is the greatest thing ever why did I wait so long I'm an idiot mm. we're all different we're all going to respond to that change in dynamic differently mm. your first tie is probably your hardest yeah because it's a bit scary isn't it you're like yeah eh, how you know, what if this doesn't work? Well, what if it doesn't work? Now you know. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's like, well, that's a lesson now that you can take forwards. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I wanted to touch on as well is that I know when I, so my first two businesses were just me solo. And then with the dance studio, it got to the point where I needed to have teachers and, you know, admin support and that kind of stuff. And I wanted to be, this is an ego thing too, I think a little bit. I wanted to be the leader who was super supportive and really approachable and, you know, a hundred percent in their corner. And I wanted that close knit team, which I think there's a lot of value to that and absolutely, you know, Mm. as the culture within your team is so important. But over time what happened was the boundaries of being a boss, a word that I don't really like to use, but Mm. being the leader of the team and being that, you know, we're in a regional community where, you know, Mm. there's just everybody knows everybody, Um, but the lines became blurred for a little while where it was really difficult to manage situations that perhaps required verbal warnings or just to you know a little reminder that this is kind of not the way that we behave Mm. and we need to remember Mm. that sort of stuff Um, once I changed my approach and I created some intentional distance with my team 
they 100% noticed that um, mm-hmm. and we navigated through that with some adjustments and whatnot. And it was definitely better for me and the business in the long run. But I'm interested to know what your approach is to that and how you can make it work for you and your business and your team mm-hmm. in holding them accountable to the values and behaviours of your business, but also, you know, that human that humanness that we need to mm-hmm. have when we've got a close-knit team. It's really sometimes tricky. It's so tricky. And I'll tell you why it's tricky in small business particularly is because we we do need to have friends at work. All of us need to have friends mm-hmm. at work. It comes up, you know, over and over again in studies about good workplaces that everyone has at least one friend at work. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we'll go with your word boss. Um, when you are the boss, are you allowed to have friends at work? Well, yes, you are. But what you're saying is it starts to get, it starts to get blurry, you know, mm. because it's all fun and games while everything's great until somebody does something that really does need to be addressed. And now we're wondering, well, what if they don't like me anymore? Mm. What if they all, you know, talk about me behind my back? Now it's them versus me, mm-hmm. um, you know. So often people will feel like that and they won't address the behaviours and then business will suffer. Mm. But at the end of the day, you're in that relationship because you are paying them to do a job. Exactly, yeah. Um, But it it is really hard. And this is where it's different in a corporate setting because quite often um, you will have your team and you will be friendly with them and you might even, you know, go out for drinks on a Friday night or whatever it is. But you will also have another team of other leaders. Mm. And they are possibly more likely to be your friends, your, um, you know. So I think it, it is important just to not to kind of put people in boxes, but just mm. to realise where the relationships start and end. And I was like you, I wanted to be, the, you know, so approachable and nothing is too much trouble and sure. And, and I did things that really... I think probably stemmed from a need to be like the world's best boss, the, mm-hmm. you know, liked at the end of the day from the need to be liked. Mm-hmm. Look how fabulous this is. And, again, it was all great while things were going well, but the minute you sit opposite somebody and and have to give them some feedback that's mm. less than great, you know, it, it starts to get real, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it sure does. And I think being an empath as well, like you sort of, I found myself in a bit of a rescue. Of course. And then you're yeah. enabling and then yeah. it's like, yeah, and it can become really messy in that point it's, as well. It's important. I mean, there's so much there. We could we could really go to town on this, but I think it's just important to recognise where the work relationship starts mm. and ends mm. and also sometimes say that out loud. So it might be, you know, I know we are friendly, but, I'm sitting here in front of you today as the business owner. Mm. Um, so, and I, you know, I can do that with students as well. If perhaps their behaviours or something's not quite right, you know, I know that we've got this relationship, but because I care for you, I can't let this keep going. So just kind of really making it very clear why why you're having the conversations mm. that you have. But at the end of the day, you're not a family. I hear small business, particularly in dance studios, we're a family. Mm. We're not. We're not. We're actually here 
because I'll tell you why we're not, because the kind of behaviours that I will put up with in my family are a lot worse than what Mm. I should be putting up with at work. And that's because I love my family. I will do anything for them. I'm not suggesting um, toxic behaviours. You know, we won't even go there. But, you know, my children can be their best and worst selves with Mm. me. Mm-hmm. knowing that I will still love them and I will tolerate that because they're my children and I know they're tired. Mm-hmm. But that's very different from a student or a staff member. They're yeah. not my family because at the end of the day when they can't get what they need from me anymore, mm. they're going to go. Mm. And if I start thinking about them like my family or like my best friends, when they go, I'm going to be left with a, a broken heart mm. and, and thinking, oh, but I thought, we were one big happy family. And, I mean, obviously families have disruptions as well. You know, it's not it's not as simple as, as the analogy could would like it to be. Mm. But I think it is very, very important to mm. not be distanced but to be balanced in, in what you're doing. And also, you know, you, you tapped into that rescue tendency. Mm. We need to question where that's coming from as well. Quite often that uh, for females that rescuer is from the need to be liked. If I mm. if I rescue them, they they will really value and appreciate me. But it is a dysfunction. Mm. Comes down to, and I think you and I've chatted about this in even in a group sense, that the drama triangle. Yes. Um, yeah, where often our team members will quite happily sit in the the victim corner because they know that we're going to swoop in in our rescuer with our rescuer cape on Mm -hmm. so um the the third corner of that triangle is the persecutor but generally in small businesses we can um and we can all you know ding around like a ping pong ball like between between those corners Mm. but if you keep rescuing somebody who's sitting in that victim corner, you're not a leader at all. You are enabling the behaviour. Yes. You're not. If I'm saying here is leadership, this is about being um, the person that can help others rise up, if I'm rescuing them, I'm actually not helping them rise up. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I doing? Probably keeping them small so that I can rise up, if I'm being really honest. you know. And then when you put it like that, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah I sometimes okay. find like you see the potential in people mm-hmm. and for me it, it sometimes comes from that way and going oh I see the potential and I really want to help them get from here to there because I can mm. see it in them mm-hmm. but again you can't do it for them and it's no. about leading the horse to water as yeah. they say and um, that's one of the hardest like that's the biggest frustration isn't mm. it? when you can you know somebody's got something within them yeah I think every leader's had, you know, a handful of people like that. I definitely have. Mm. Um, and you, for me, when they haven't reached their potential, I felt like a failure. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, they, oh, they can do this. Yes. It wasn't obviously ever about me. Mm. But we can believe in them till the cows come home. But unless they do, unless they have that belief, mm. Yeah. But you know, that doesn't mean we we we'd stop cheering them on or anything like that. But that is, I think that is a really I'm glad you mentioned it because I've probably one of the most frustrating things about this. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um but yeah, what can you can only do so much. That's right. And you so can, much. it's I think that's what it's about is acknowledging how far you can tempt them to step into their potential yes. and support them and guide them and you know as 
But then at the same time, as you said, there's a line in the sand where from here you need to carry the baton forwards and I will continue to cheer you on from the sidelines, but you can't do it for them. But that's I've fallen into that trap a few times as a leader in going, I see your potential and I want to help you. And, Mm. and yeah, it it comes across. And I definitely was the enabler and the rescuer going, no, no, but I know you can get here. Come on, we can do it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. the hard other- lessons oh, leadership really? is full of hard lessons right it really and is. sorry just to cut you off because the the problem with leadership or the challenge I like to use the word challenge the challenge with leadership is just when you think you've got it all sorted out and you're like oh you know what I think I'm I'm stepping up as a leader here. I reckon I'm doing pretty well. A whole new human comes along Mm -hmm. and all the things that all those lessons that you learnt with, you know, person A do not apply to person B. Mm. And you've got a it's like a just a whole new book, right? And you're like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously there's some common threads, but some it is is quite disheartening because you're like oh oh right back at the beginning yeah back to the drawing board (laughs) yeah back to the drawing board and that's where taking the time to really kind of keep scratching the surface of each individual that you work Mm. with um is is very valuable but it is time consuming and Mm. um when we're busy remember we've got these people because we want to get more work done because we like you know Mm. we've got goals and you're like oh here I am you know in all of these meetings with all of these people Mm. um would it be quicker if I just went back to doing the work myself Mm. and sometimes actually the answer is yes but not always you know uh sometimes it's not but that I think is where it can get a little bit time consuming you know oh I gotta have all these these chats um but, you know, back back to your comment about balancing those boundaries, you know, I have sat in conversations where it's just struck me kind of into the next half hour of the conversation and gone, oh, actually, I'm not your counsellor. Yes. I'm not, I'm not your, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. Mm. So I'm yeah. going to have to cut you off here because mm. we've now crossed over. I know you've got a life outside work, but I this is out of, my kind of depth Mm -hmm. generally Mm -hmm. and also you don't have time you don't Mm. have time apart from the fact that you're not equipped that's where that role can be really hard in a small business because Mm. you do get to know each other on a really intimate level um and you you are interested but you might need to say things like listen um this is we've covered all that I needed to in our meeting today I'm really sorry to hear you know that things aren't that great at home and I'd love to listen some more maybe we could grab our lunch break together Mm. sometime this week yeah so you in that little comment you're trying to say right now we're working (laughs) (laughs) um but as a friend I can you know go for go for lunch with you and we Mm. can do it then yeah yeah um and this also loops a few of the things that you mentioned Mm. there before loops back to that in small teams um and this is your words what you walk past will continue or it's something very similar to that that might not be exactly right yeah yeah basically that's it yeah and so within a small team I think it's even more important to have those conversations which may feel uncomfortable and may challenge you as a leader in going oh my goodness I've really got to pull this person up on their behavior and how are they going to feel and then how all of everything that we've covered um but if you don't that that little small fire 
will quickly permeate through the rest of the team. And if that behaviour is allowed to continue, then sure as hell somebody else will give it a try as well. And before you know it, you've got this whole team that the culture within that team is now very toxic um, yeah, or it could yeah. be hurting your so business hard. quite significantly. So, 100%. yeah. And hurting you, you know, mm. because you're, you're, you have taken a risk. If you're a business owner, you have taken a huge risk to, to set up on your own and you have the right to create that business to be exactly what you want it to be. Mm. And I've been right where you, you've kind of illustrated where I've got to work and gone, I don't actually want to go in. Mm. What the heck? That's my business that I've built, yeah. built up, right? I have the right to go in and feel completely relaxed and comfortable at it and at ease. But at that point when, you know, in that illustration, the person that was already in there, I knew because their car was in the car park, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go in there here. Mm. I had not been a courageous leader. I had allowed that to happen. I had let them get away with things because I didn't have the guts to have those conversations. Mm. And so that was my bed and I had to lie in it. And, um, you know, it got worse until it got better, which and obviously the better is both coming to the agreement where we're like, you you would be better off elsewhere. Mm. And instantly you're like, yep, that's the right decision. So, you know, being a leader is so, so hard. You have to be brave, mm. um, so brave. And all of those little conversations, you know, like you say, if you if you just keep walking past them, they're going to to get worse. But you they they're not fun. Nobody loves those conversations, particularly. I've been doing them forever and I'm not like, oh great. <laughs> Oh, I get to have that little chat today. You know, I will yeah. put them off. I will put them off and but because I know I will put them off for that day. I'm like, by 5 o'clock, you know, so you might see them at 10 and be like, mm, no, no, that wasn't the right time, right? You can talk yourself into anything. Uh, I'm like, by, by the time they leave today, we need to have had this conversation mm-hmm. um, to the point that I've even had a conversation in the car park as someone and I were leaving together because it's like, oh, come on, oh, just before you go, mm. you know, when you such and such last week and I need, you know, so it's like, oh, and then it's done. Um, and actually just on a really practical level, walking and talking is fantastic to the point that at one point in time my team would not come for a walk around the block with me. <laughs> Because they knew what was coming. Well, I just, oh, you know, it's sunny outside. Do you want to, like, just stretch your legs? We'll go for a walk around the block. And I used to do that because, um, you know, again, in small business, often there's lots of ears around Mm. and it is hard to get people along. A private space, yeah. Right? And so then it's just a happy excuse. Oh, I couldn't get them alone. Mm. couldn't get them alone, so I couldn't Mm. do it. Right? You can, again, talk yourself into anything so I would say oh you know just why don't we go for a walk but Mm. if you want to if you want to play that game and it is a good one may I recommend you know like a breaking it up so you want to go for a walk and then tell them something fantastic that they've done and then (laughs) the next time tell them something fantastic and then just save up that other one you know if there's some (laughs) I think that can be a really great tip to do with your kids as well yeah you know um 
get them alone and, and get them walking because I think mm-hmm. it's far less confrontational when you're not necessarily opposite one another. That's what I find. Um, that yeah. you're side by side and you can. Side by side. Ha- yeah, have yeah. the conversation. And you don't have to make eye contact. We're all a little bit awkward anyway. Mm. I'm the first to admit I can be a little bit awkward in a one-on-one. Like do you stare people in the eye? Like when, or is that a bit intense? Or do you look over there? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like let's overthink this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and then they've got their awkwardness and so now you're both like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Go go for a walk or even um, in the car with the kids as well yeah. is great. So, you know, let's just um, jump in the car and go and grab a coffee and drive mm. back or And I think too sometimes it can be really hard to wrap up those conversations. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you're like, how do I, how do I just stop? It's time and sometimes it's, it's just standing up. Them. Yeah, it's hard to start them and it's hard to stop them. Yeah. yeah. And no, so- but you've got it. Stand up. Yeah. yeah. Try not to, um, you know, I'll, I've got my own office in my studio and so I'll invite people up and say, you know, want a cup of tea? That's generally how it starts. And now the reason I've got you here, I, I, I like to start in none of this kind of, how's the dog? You know, just the reason, you know, I need to have a chat with you. But the best way to get out is to stand up and physically walk out. Mm. It doesn't always work. You know, there are some times where you're like, you need to come. Like this is my, you need to go now. <laughs> but, yeah, if you've gone for a walk around the block, you can see when, when where you're it's coming come- up. Exactly. So we need to wrap it up. Yep. That's right. That um, was the reason why I thought it's a, another good reason to take the walk around the block yep. is because you know it's coming to the end and you need to yep. wrap it up and they yeah, know it too. that. Yeah, yeah and, all, exactly. and then open the door and every, you know, okay, yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing I'd love to talk to you about is retention of team members because we know how hard it is to sometimes attract them, particularly in regional areas, and we've had this chat before, in attracting the right person to your business can sometimes be tricky to find, um, that they've got the right value set to start with and then yes you can teach them the other stuff sometimes it's those Mm. skills that you want them to have had a history of experience with like being a dance student dance teacher that's teacher yeah um but then in keeping them and retaining them if they are someone that you do want to keep and retain what have you found that works really well with team retention um so just before we jump into retention I think the thing is I I was really good at this, but what happened is I was a little bit too good at it. And so some of my people stayed too long Mm. because I was so good at retaining them, showing them the love, making it a great workplace, that why would you want to leave? But then they also got a little bit stuck in their comfort zones. You know, they were they were happy as pigs in mud. <laughs> and that got really tricky for me because it's not like they were doing anything particularly wrong. Mm. You know, they weren't breaking any codes of conduct. They were values aligned, all of the, yeah, but the, the passion had gone and they were really stuck in the comfort mm. zone. So it's like this little kind of, like everything, it's a little dance. You just need to make sure that if, if people start to looking like they're getting a little too comfortable to, to um, ask some questions mm. about that. Um, but in terms of retaining people, I think really getting to know them on a, on a, on a level that is, you know, holistic, again, not, I was going to say deep level, but that kind of counteracts what we've said. Mm. Again, it's another dance, like how well do we get to know these people? Mm. We get to know these people in a way that we can support them best while at work. 
so that we can help them reach their career goals, whatever they may be. So we need to know about what their goals are. We need to know why they've chosen to work in your organisation and how we can help them. And I think just having those regular conversations, like, sure, throwing them some chocolate every now and then, flowers for birthdays, saying nice things, passing on, right, all of the, the kind of noisy things to help retain people and make them feel great. Yes, do all of that. Do all of that and do it for yourself as well. I'm, I like to just randomly buy myself flowers as employee of the week every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, well, because nobody else is going to. Yeah, exactly. Rarely. I mean, they, they do in a dance studio. I, can't, I shouldn't say that because, you know, quite often you'll get some fun little things. But, you know, treat, treat yourself. Mm. Yeah, do all of that. But make sure you're making time to speak with with your team not just in those negative times where things need to change Mm. but to say where do you see yourself in five years and it's okay like don't don't tell me the answer you think I want to hear which is oh working happily here because actually I probably don't want you here in five (laughs) years working happily here because (laughs) I don't think that'd be the best for you or the business Mm. you know so if they say oh I, I'm going to do some study and I want to go into this field. Well, okay, good to know. I'll mm. keep my ear to the ground for opportunities that might support that. Um, you know, training opportunities might come along. I've had conversations with team members who've gone, oh, I'm really interested in working with children with additional needs. I go, okay, well, that's really great to know because you know, when a training course comes along about working with a, a certain group of children, they're the person I send. Mm. And then I get them to come back and share the information with the team because they've got that interest in it. I mean, yes. I didn't know that. I'd probably just go myself mm. and share the information with the team, but it's much better to invest in them. Mm. And let's just talk about that word investment. You are going to spend time. You are going to spend money and people will leave. And you'll go, oh, what a waste of time and money. No, reframe that, get rid of that thought because if you're putting time and money into them and growing them as, a, as an employee and as a person, then you're doing your job. And if, you, if you're not and they're staying, then, then what, right? Mm. People are always like, oh, but what if they leave? And I'm like, yeah, but what if they stay? <laughs> And you've been and and they've not had any improvement, mm. right? Yeah, where yeah. So it's look, it is it's tricky, tricky, tricky. That's what lights me up about it. It's so hard. I can't tell you how many books on leadership I've done. I'm a you know I've done a, a leadership and management degree, but I just keep reading and keep meeting new people mm. and keep finding all of these different layers. I'm. I, you know, obviously get older each year, find different layers to myself. It's just like this never-ending mm. thing. And that's probably a good kind of place to to tie a bow on it in that it's a little bit like parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, our children, we might be 80 and our, our children are 55. They're still our children. Our work yeah. is still ongoing. And so the work of a leader is is ongoing and you will just it will never be done like systems, like mm. systems in mm. your business. Mm. Don't think that like by June, you know, 
because you're going to continue to evolve. Mm. Um, so just keep going up that level, new level, new devils. Mm-hmm. And um, that's such a, you know, such a reward, isn't it, for personal growth? You're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh there's, there's more up here. Oh, fabulous. Okay, great. <laughs> Well, Jane, it's been so insightful and thought for break for I can't even speak thought provoking that one. Um, thank you for sharing so much impactful knowledge with everyone who's listening. I've certainly learned a lot in addition to what I've already learned from you over the years, which I'm super grateful for. Um, how can people find more if they want to grow their leadership skills? If they're wanting to, if they're a dance studio owner and they're looking yeah. for support in that way. The best place is probably on Instagram. So you can find me at Dance Studio Success. Um, just send me a message and, and, you know, have a conversation or check out some of the content there. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd love to connect with anybody who, who wants to talk about leadership or just sometimes it's nice, I think, just even to listen to a conversation like this mm. and, and smile and nod and go, oh, yep. Yep, that's me too. Oh, yeah, me too. And go, oh, I'm not alone. You know, exactly. right back when you started about that feeling of loneliness. We've, yeah. Oh, God, we've all been there. And we yeah. will again. We will that's again. It. <laughs> and that's part of the purpose behind the podcast is to mm. expose uh, other business owners to inspiring women in business who are doing things, you know, that are maybe in a different industry or at a different place in their journey of business but Mm. we can all learn from one from one another um but it's also that you don't feel so alone and even Mm. if it's by having somebody in your ears that's great you know 100% on your on your self-compassion walk yeah thank you Donna it's been so lovely to connect with you again and you know uh, I appreciate your kind words about some of the things you've learned from me but uh I have very fond memories of of our time working, you know, what's in a group setting where I was doing some leadership coaching. And I do look back on those times with with great fondness. I think it was a, a time of growth and reinvention for Absolutely. a lot of, um, of the members. And so it's mm. so nice to watch everybody continue in that. Yeah, thanks, Jane. It's been a lovely chat. Thanks, Donna. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and Facebook, and I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer, then head over to www.donnahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donna underscore Han underscore S-I-B. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous and take action in carving out your very own business by design, where you can avoid burnout and shine like the universe is yours.